Swine Hill was full of the dead. Their ghosts were the thickest, near the abandoned downtown, where so many of the town's hopes had died, generation by generation. Micah Dean Hicks, Break the Bodies, Haunt the Bones. Welcome to Books in the Fraser, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Devin. Uh, Today we're looking ahead for some of the upcoming horror releases we're looking forward to in 2019. This episode of Books in the Fraser is brought to you by Audible. This podcast wouldn't be possible without audiobooks. So if you want some spooky stories told by some familiar voices, try Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, read by Dexter's Michael C. Hall, or The Dead Zone, read by James Franco, or podcast favorite, Joe Hill's Nosferatu, read by Kate Mulgrew. For a free audiobook and 30-day trial, go to audibletrial.com slash booksinthefreezer. Happy listening. So today's episode is all about the books we are looking forward to reading in the coming year. Um, However, before we get into that, we do want to talk a little bit about an exciting new endeavor that we announced in the last episode, our best of the year of 2018, and that is the Books in the Freezer Book Club. Woo! I'm excited because we're doing my book first. (laughs) So yes, uh, we are going to be reading Steph's book first, Uh, and then what we're going to be doing going forward is alternating. Uh, Steph is going to pick for February when we start this. Uh, I will then pick a book for March. And then in April, we're going to leave it up to a poll uh, for our patrons to decide what will be the third month, and then we will keep rotating that way through throughout the entire year. We have a Books in the Freezer group on Goodreads that you can join, and we will have a special section just for book club talk separated by month and discussion over different chapters where if you are reading along with us, you can chime in with your thoughts in there. And as well as talk with other people that are reading the book at the same time. So it's really going to be basically a large community read. So if you want to get in on the conversation, just check out the Books in the Freezer Goodreads group. That. And then at the end of the month, we will be doing a special live show for our $3 and up Patreon supporters where we will have a full on spoilery discussion about the book with a live chat so that everybody can get involved and just have a fun time. Do we want to tell them what it is? <laughs> yeah, the first book that's going to be chosen for the Books in the Freezer Book Club is Steph's pick. So what is it, Steph? I picked Mongrels by Stephen Graham Jones. Um, this is a werewolf coming of age story and the Goodreads synopsis says it's a compelling and fascinating journey. Mongrels alternates between past and present to create an unforgettable portrait of a boy trying to understand his family and his place in a complex and unforgiving world. A smart and innovative story, funny, bloody, raw, and real. Told in the rhythmic voice full of heart, Mongrels is a deeply moving, sometimes grisly novel that illuminates the challenge and tender joys of life beyond the ordinary in a bold and imaginative new way. Which just sounds like a Stephanie book, like from start to finish. Like we're going to have some horror and we're going to have some characters going through stuff and we're going to have some feelings. So I'm here for it. Uh, I'm always a fan of creature horror. So yeah, 
Should be fun. Definitely. And it is available on Hoopla as an audiobook if your library offers that. If you have a Scribd subscription, it's available on there as an audiobook and an ebook. And of course, it is available on Amazon. And we will leave a link in the show notes to this episode where you can get your own copy to join along. So like we said, if you want to get in on the conversation about mongrels or just talk with other books in the freezer listeners uh just head over to goodreads we have a group set up there which the link will also be in the show notes all right so we are talking about new releases this episode what are your thoughts usually on new releases uh um well i'm not much of a new release reader i i admittedly uh, with the exception of indie books because i try to support indie authors as they come out um however i respect the fact that new releases create the industry. If it wasn't for the new books coming out every month and the income coming in from them, there wouldn't be a publishing industry. Where I try to follow a lot of indie authors, I usually am more following the author than the release schedule from publishers. So I'm not really all that up on the new releases. Um, many of the books we're about to talk about were brought to my attention by Stephanie for the sake of this episode. But they're, they're a necessary thing, an important part of this hobby that we have. Yeah, for sure. So you've never like pre-ordered anything? I pre-order very seldomly, but I do pre-order. Um, it's not a horror book, but the new Black Witch novel that came out, I did pre-order that. Um, I generally pre-order when I finish a book. I know another one is going to come out at some point and it's available for pre-order. I'll pre-order it just to remember that it's coming out. Again, those are just few and far between. <laughs> I've only pre-ordered digitally. I've never had the like, I've never done the physical pre-order where it like shows up on your door on release day. I like to think of myself as more of a backlist reader, but looking at my stats last year, I definitely did read a lot more new releases. A lot of them I didn't read like the minute they came out, but eventually I did get around to them. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to be doing a lot more of that again this year where I kind of have these on my radar and I get to them sometime in the year. It might not be like the minute they come out, but eventually. It's hard to be in this community and not primarily look at relative new releases because that's generally what the buzz is, what people are talking about, what show up on the radar more often. Definitely. And I have FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. I got to I gotta know. I gotta know what people are talking about. And then with award season and everything coming up, I want to know, like, I want to be invested in who these nominees are. So that's another big part of it. Yeah, I was so upset that I never got to finish uh, Ararat, Christopher Golden, before it won the award. The one that won last year. Yeah, I was hoping to get through that. Still never got a chance to read that. So I'm a horrible new release reader, apparently. Wow. Shame, shame, shame. (laughs) I still haven't read Heavily Ghost either. Wow, I am like full on following you around with a bell screaming shame at this point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk about some books. So the first book we're going to talk about is not out yet, but as of this episode releasing will be available for you to buy. So that's exciting. If you want to go get that, you don't have to wait on this one, guys. And that is Patrick Lacey, Where Stars Won't Shine. Uh, This is going to be coming out January 5th, 2019 from Grindhouse. So like I said, you can get this now. And the synopsis is, I'll be seeing you. That's the note left behind for Ivy Longwood when infamous killer Tucker Ashton murders her boyfriend. Several years later, after Tucker vanishes from his jail cell, Ivy travels to Ashton's hometown of Marlowe, Massachusetts. Not for closure or therapy. She's being called there, steered by forces beyond her control. What she'll find is not the quiet suburban town Marlowe once was. It's something new. Something dark. 
something that answers the question, where did Tucker Ashton go? Ooh. Ooh. I also really like the cover on this. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not yet. I would say, like, pull it up. I really like it. That is my plan. Where the stars <laughs> won't shine. Oh, it's a reflection. Oh, you know what? That reminds me of... Uh, um, oh, Grady's going to hurt me. Horror store. Around the front, it's a regular Ikea thing. And on the back, it's like run down. But this is all just one. Like the house looks cool on top. Okay. I like this. Yeah. I feel like it's got like a Stranger Things, like the upside down kind of vibe going on. For those listening on just audio, uh, it's a picture of a house, but a reflection on the bottom of it that we're the, it's the same house, but it's kind of dilapidated. I'm glad we spent a lot of time on that for this oh, audio yeah. medium. But go check it out, guys. <laughs> I love visual audio. All right, next is The Haunting of Henderson Close by Catherine Cavendish. So this releases later this week, uh, January 10th, from Flame Tree. The write-up is as follows. In the depths of Edinburgh, an evil presence is released. Hannah and her colleagues are tour guides who lead their visitors along the spooky, derelict Henderson Close, thrilling them with tales of specters and murder. For Hannah, it is her dream job, but not for long. Who is this mysterious figure that disappears around a corner? What is happening in the old print shop? And who is the little girl with no face? The legends of Henderson Close are becoming all too real, and even the spirits are afraid. So it's like a person that has ghost tours, and the stuff on the tour might be becoming real, but also something like even darker than the ghosts that are talked about in the ghost tours? Yeah, yeah, that's... Is that what it sounds like? That's the vibe I'm getting from it, yeah. I'm feeling it. I like it. Also, listeners, I am very sorry for my voice. This is like day, I don't even know what, of this cold, and my voice is like barely coming back. It's okay. It adds raspiness to the eeriness of the synopsis. So next up, we have Break the Body, Haunt the Bones by Micah Dean Hicks. This will be coming out February 5th uh, from John Joseph Adams of Houghton Mifflin. Is it is it Micah or Mika? I have known a lot of Micahs, and they have all pronounced it Micah. The only time I've ever heard it pronounced Mika was in Paranormal Activity. <laughs> okay. So I'm not sure. <laughs> all right. I'm like, all the real life men I have known have pronounced it Micah. Fair enough. <laughs> the one fictional man I have heard has pronounced it Mika. <laughs> Jane is haunted. Since she was a child, she has carried a ghost girl that feeds on the secrets and fears of everyone around her, whispering to Jane what they are thinking and feeling, even when she doesn't want to know. Henry, Jane's brother, is ridden by a genius ghost that forces him to build strange and dangerous machines. Their mother is possessed by a lonely spirit that burns anyone she touches. In Swine Hill, a place of defeat and depletion, there are more dead than living. When new arrivals begin scoring precious jobs at the last factory in town, both the living and the dead are furious. This insult on the end of a long economic decline sparks conflagration, buffeted by rage on all sides. Jane must find a way to save her haunted family and escape the town before it kills them. So this is actually a book I'm in the middle of now, and I'm really enjoying. I will say it has, if you couldn't tell by the synopsis, it's very like surreal, magical realism. Like this is a world where people just have like ghosts that possess them and give them like powers and stuff so you kind of have to be on board and buy into that whole thing um in this dying economic town but i i really like it i I am kind of into it has this dark dreaminess about it so like surreality yes very much so so yeah like the girl uh like the girl jane as it said like her ghost 
can infer things about people and it like tells her like what people are thinking so people are like interacting with their ghost anyway i'm getting really into the nitty-gritty of like (laughs) the rules of this book anyway it's just if it sounds interesting definitely check it out i am in the middle of it now and it's really good so that is break the bodies haunt the bones by micah dean hicks up next is one i'm actually excited to be the person to talk about because it is Found Shadows by our own patron supporter, P.T. Hilton, who is an indie author. Um, he is actually the catalyst for me finding the booktube community, therefore finding Steph in the first place. So I wouldn't even be here on this podcast because I would never know you, Steph, oh. if not for P.T. Thanks, P.T. <laughs> Found Shadows has a release date for February the 18th of this year. And the synopsis goes as follows. Decades ago. Six children from across the United States disappeared on the same afternoon. Now, the only one who escaped is the only one who can stop it from happening again. Eric Parton doesn't understand what happened 30 years ago. All he knows is that he was taken by strangers and locked in a small room for weeks before he escaped his captors. Now, the other five have been found living seemingly normal adult lives in the small town of Wakefield, Tennessee. But the Wakefield Five aren't like other people. There's something wrong with their minds. The only consistency in their wildly conflicting stories is that they all blame one person for what happened, Eric Parton. Eric must return to Wakefield to uncover the truth before the evil infects another generation. Ooh. I know when PT told us about this one, he said it's got like evil small town vibes, which you know I am all here for like evil small towns harboring secrets oh yeah might as well have your picture on the cover of that book (laughs) so i am really excited for this so yeah that'll be coming out february 18th so i'll be on the lookout for that one uh next up we have a short story collection from chai zine that is brian hodge skidding into oblivion so with skidding into oblivion his fifth collection award-winning author brian hodge brings together his most constant concentrated wow okay with skidding into oblivion his fifth collection award-winning author brian hodge brings together his most concentrated assortment yet of year's best picks and awards finalists with one thing in common it's the end of the world as we know it and we don't feel fine at all i've taken a look at a couple of the stories on this and yeah the looks yeah it looks insane yeah, survivors of a 1929 raid on hp lovecraft's town of insmith hold the key to an anomalous new event in the ocean if only someone could communicate with them. That's literally the yep. one I was looking at when you, before I, you even said anything. A, a somewhat sequel to Shadow Over Innsmouth. That I'm digging that. It's also got a cool cover. Adding that that visual element to our All audio right, podcast. Getting into oblivion. <laughs> into Google. Um, another one I did want to talk about is more deadly than the male masterpieces from Queens of Horror by um, this is going to be compiled by Graham Harris and coming out in February. And these are horror stories from classic authors that you wouldn't expect horror stories from like Louisa May Alcott and Harriet Beecher Stowe. And this is really interesting because I actually just read a book about the history of Little Women and Louisa May Alcott. And it did talk about how Alcott uh, it did write and submit like kind of these pulpy horror stories to newspapers and stuff to make a living. So this is going to be kind of the stories like that compiled from people that wrote during that era. So that is really interesting. And I'm really excited to see kind of what those stories entail. 
Uh, so that is more deadly than the male masterpieces from Queens of Horror. That sounds quite intriguing. And the cover just getting to oblivion looks insane. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's like a, some kind of canine maw on fire around a force. Wow, okay. Uh, next up, we have the most recent offering of Max Booth III. Uh, it is called Carnivorous Lunar Activities. Uh, it's coming at February 22nd, being published by Fangoria. Ted and Justin were once best friends, but after the years, they've seen less and less of each other. Now, something's wrong with Justin. He can't sleep, he can't think straight, and he certainly can't explain why he keeps waking up naked and covered in blood. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Ted might be the only person who can save him. Assuming he's okay with shooting his childhood BFF with a silver bullet, but that's what friends are for, right? From Max Booth III and Fangoria comes Carnivorous Lunar Activities, the ultimate werewolf bromance. <laughs> okay. I'm here for this. Keep going. <laughs> it's, it's a toxic cocktail of American werewolf in London, Old School, and Bubba Hotep that dives deep into the well of childhood nostalgia, blood-soaked horror, and irredeemable dick jokes to bring readers a slice of southern fried horror that proudly wears its heart not to mention a few other internal organs, on its sleeve. American Werewolf in London, Old School, and Bubba Hotep. But truthfully, Steph, have you even heard of Bubba Hotep before? Um, I have not, but I have seen the other two. <laughs> Bubba Hotep is a movie with Bruce Campbell from uh, Evil Dead. He uh -huh. plays a person in a mental institution, claims to be the real Elvis Presley. And there's a, a black character in a wheelchair that claims he's actually John F. Kennedy. And there's a mummy haunting this, like, nursing home slash mental ward that they live in. And it's Elvis and this black John F. Kennedy that got to fight the, the mummy. How have I not heard of this? <laughs> it is actually, oh, it's it's hilarious to watch it. But yeah, mixing those three movies, that sounds insane. I am, I'm already a fan of Max Booth based on just that cell. So whoever wrote that blurb. That, that was great. I know. As soon as I read this, I'm like, I don't, I didn't know I needed this in my life, but I need this in my life, actually. <laughs> An ultimate werewolf bromance. Yeah, I'm going to be reading this one. Definitely. Well, next up, we have The Worst is Yet to Come by S.P. Miskowski. This is coming out February 22nd from Journal Stone. For most of her 14 years, Tasha Davis has languished in the rural suburban town of Skyloot, Washington. Her parents offer plenty of comfortable, if stifling, emotional support, but what she needs is a best friend. In her final year at Clark Middle School, Tasha meets a strange new classmate. Briar Henney is the self-styled rebel Tasha wants to be, and the Davises are the kind of close-knit family that Briar covets. A moment of unexpected violence spawns a secret between the two girls and awakens a mystery from the past. Unknown to Tasha and Briar, their secret also attracts something monstrous from a forgotten corner of Skyloot. The town is haunted by its history, scarred with the lingering spirit of broken and scattered families, abandoned real estate ventures, and old scores never settled between neighbors. But there's more to the place than memory and legend. Beneath the landscape, something malignant rages and it will stop at nothing to find a route into the physical world so this is like a rage induced haunted town more or less like lots of negative energy poltergeist kind of Ooh, i like the i like the sound of that lingering spirit of broken and scattered families abandoned real estate ventures and old scores never settled between neighbors and something that will stop at nothing to find root in the physical world 
so yeah that's that doesn't sound like it's a lot of real negative energy that's i guess is a poltergeist that sounds really cool yeah i really like the cover to this too it looks a lot like uh the last one us getting into oblivion a little bit because i got the flame down the middle of the two silhouettes of the girls um and in the center on the top is like a little looks like a chapel thing scary ominous looking dead trees behind it i'm here for it this is not looking good for me because i do want to read like pretty much all of these so far uh the next book we will talk about is will haunt you by brian kirk uh, this one is due out on the 19th of march and it's coming from flame tree press and evidently you don't read the book it reads you so the synopsis tells me interesting uh <laughs> Rumors of a deadly book have been floating around the dark corners of the deep web. A disturbing tale about a mysterious figure who preys on those who read the book and subjects them to a world of personalized terror. Jesse Wheeler, former guitarist of the heavy metal group The Rising Dead, was quick to discount the ominous folklore associated with the book. It takes more than some urban legend to frighten him. Hell, reality is scary enough. Seven years ago, his greatest responsibility was the nightly guitar solo. Then, one night when Jesse was blackout drunk, he accidentally injured his son, leaving him permanently disabled. Dreams of being a rock star died when he destroyed his son's future. Now, he cuts radio jingles and fights to stay clean, but Jesse is wrong. The legend is real, and tonight he will become the protagonist in an elaborate scheme specifically tailored to prey on his fears and resurrect the ghosts from his past. Jesse is not the only one in danger, however. By reading the book, you have volunteered to participate in the author's deadly game, with every page drawing you closer to your own personal nightmare. The real horror doesn't begin until you reach the end. That's when the evil comes for you. Dun, dun, dun. So part We Sold Our Souls, part Necronomicon. I do like like musician horror. It's becoming more of a thing, I, I've noticed. Well, There's been a couple now, lately, that I've seen. But yeah, this... Relic horror is something that I don't know why, but I do kind of really gravitate towards. Like a MacGuffin, a haunted haunted book, haunted guitar, haunted paperweight, something. Um, this one seems really cool, actually. I like the whole, you know, he, he lost it on his dreams. He's doing a nine to five now, gave up on everything. And then now after that is when the nightmare happens. That'll be March 19th from Flame Tree. So next up, we have Teeth in the Mist by Don Kurtigich. This will be coming out June 11th from Little Brown. This is a genre-bending epic horror fantasy inspired by the legend of Faust that spans generations as an ancient evil is uncovered, perfect for fans of Kendar Blake and Ransom Riggs. Before the birth of time, a monk uncovers the devil's tongue and dares to speak it. The repercussions will be felt for generations. 16-year-old photography enthusiast Zoe has been fascinated by the haunted, burnt-out ruins of Medwin Millhouse for as long as she can remember. So she and her best friend Polton run away from home to explore them. But are they really alone in the house? And who will know if something goes wrong? In 1851, 17-year-old Roan arrives at the Millhouse as a ward, one of three, all with something to hide from their new guardian. When Roan learns that she is connected to an ancient secret, she must escape the house before she is trapped forever. 1583. Hermione. 
A new young bride accompanies her husband to the wilds of North Wales, where he plans to build the largest watermill and mansion in the area. But rumors of unholy rituals lead to a tragic occurrence that will need all her strength to defeat it. Three women, centuries apart, drawn together by one unholy pact. A pact made by a man who, more than a thousand years later, may still be watching. Ooh, ominous. Ooh, I also like this, like, split timelines through different centuries, but all in the same setting. Yeah. Could be really good. Yeah, I imagine multi-generational is something you would enjoy. <laughs> Definitely. And I read... Um, and the Trees Captain by Don Cardigan earlier this year, and I really liked her writing style. She does atmosphere very well. And I feel like that's gonna play a big part in this. Like a lot of heavy atmosphere. And I am here for it. This isn't an easy story to write either, because I mean she's not just doing like three different generations, but like what the first one is um Modern day, I'm assuming, yeah. 16 year old photography. So you got modern day, then you have the 1850s, and you have the 1580s. Those are like three completely different ways of writing. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I'll be interested to see how well that goes. All right. Next up, we have Growing Things and Other Stories by the man, Paul Tremblay. <laughs> <laughs> the This comes out on the 9th of July from William Morrow. Um, Paul Tremblay needs no big introduction from us for Books in the Freezer listeners. But we um, will give it to him. Just <laughs> we we will we will read the blurb for kidding. sure. Um, Guys, I'm hopped up on cough syrup. Don't read into anything I'm doing. <laughs> a chilling collection of psychological suspense and literary horror from the multiple award-winning author of the national bestseller, The Cabin at the End of the World and A Handful of Ghosts. A masterful anthology featuring 19 pieces of short fiction. Growing Things is an exciting glimpse into Paul Tremblay's fantastically fertile imagination. Listeners remember when we interviewed Paul Tremblay, we actually got him to talk a little bit about this collection. And he mentioned that the titular story, Growing Things, um, was connected to Head Full of Ghosts because it's mentioned in there that that's one of the games that Mary and her sister like to play. And uh, he also talked about the dog walkers, which is like a story about dog walkers, but is told all in like emails. And anyway, um, I am really excited to read this. <laughs> also, a reappearance from Mary from Head Full of Ghosts is like, yes. Yeah, just looking through the description of it, um, a lot of these seem to, or at least a couple of them seem to tie in with other stuff. Like you said, you have the Head Full of Ghosts connection. Um, it also says that notes from the dog walkers deconstructs horror and publishing um, possibly bringing back a character from a head full of ghosts all while serving as a prequel to disappearance of devil's rock which is another Tremblay book so it seems like these are short stories but they're probably going to intertwine a lot with his larger fiction maybe so this is like big in the ptu (laughs) basically yeah (laughs) the paul Tremblay universe If he's putting that much effort into some of these titles, I'm willing to bet that the other ones will probably tie into future works. Oh, that's cool. All right. But that that's me extrapolating. Don't quote me on that. Like, Paul, I'm not speaking for you, sir. Um, from global catastrophe to the demons inside our heads, Tremblay illuminates our primal fears and darkest dreams in startling original fiction that leaves us unmoored. As he lowers the sky and yanks the ground from beneath our feet, we are compelled to contemplate the darkness inside our hearts and minds. Guys, I cannot wait for this. Oh, man. I've also really gotten into short stories lately. I have a feeling that 2019 is going to be full of a lot of short story collections. 
it seems like it, even just from this list, um, some of the books that we've talked about, some that didn't quite make it onto the the docket here. There's a, seems to be a lot of short story collections coming in. For sure. Also, this is only the first half of 2019. So who knows what the second half of 2019 holds in store for us. Exactly. Well, so what's the next book, Seth? All right. Next up, we have The Toll by Sherry Priest. This will be coming out July 9th from Tor. So this is from Sherry Priest, the author of The Family Plot and Maplecroft Comes the Toll. A tense, dark and scary treat for modern fans of the traditionally strange and macabre. State Road 177 runs along the Suwannee River between Fargo, Georgia, and the Okefenokee Swamp. Drive that route from east to west and you'll cross six bridges. Take it from west to east and you might find seven, but you'd better hope not. Titus and Davina Bell leave their hotel in Fargo for a second honeymoon, canoeing the Okefenokee Swamp. But shortly before they reach their destination, they draw up to a halt at the edge of a rickety bridge with old stone pilings, with room for only one car. When, much later, a tow truck arrives, the driver finds Titus lying in the middle of a road, with Davina nowhere to be found. Road trip horror can be really tense, because you got that isolation as well, of like being away from home, being alone. Yeah, that's a intriguing premise. So when we did our... Do you remember our episode that we did on like nonfiction horror with Olive when we asked people to talk about things they're afraid of? Yes. There's a lot of people that said bridges. Okay. Like that was a weird recurring one that was like driving across a bridge. All right. Books in the Freezer book club pick for July. The Toll by Cherry Priest. That is not official. Do not listen to him, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> All but scaring those listeners. The next offering we have is The Migration by Helen Marshall. Uh, this is coming out on the 5th of March from Penguin Random House and reads as follows. Creepy and atmospheric, evocative of Stephen King's classic Pet Cemetery. The Migration is a story of sisterhood, transformation, and the limitations of love from a thrilling new voice in Canadian fiction. Of course. <laughs> I was told when I got this job I had to bring the Canadian to it. So that is what I'm doing. <laughs> When I was younger, I didn't know a thing about death. I thought it meant stillness, a body gone limp, a marionette with its strings cut. Death was like a long vacation, a going away. Storms and flooding are worsening around the world, and a mysterious immune disorder has begun to afflict the young. Sophie Perella is about to begin her senior year of high school in Toronto when her little sister Kira is diagnosed. Their parents... Mer- uh, their parents' marriage falters under the strain, and Sophie's mother takes the girls to Oxford, England, to live with her aunt Irene. An Oxford University professor and historical epidemiologist obsessed with relics of the Black Death, Irene works with a center that specializes in treating people with the illness. She is a friend to Sophie and offers a window into the strange and ancient history of human plague and recovery. Sophie just wants to understand what's happening now, but as mortality rates climb and reports emerge of bodily tremors in the deceased, it becomes clear that nothing is normal about this condition, and that the dead aren't staying dead. When Kira succumbs, Sophie faces an unimaginable choice. Let go of the sister she knows, or take action to embrace something terrifying and new. This seems like a good read to me. However, <laughs> I realized that I lost Steph at a key moment here when it says the dead aren't staying dead. <laughs> so I understand that. 
Um, I will say like Zombie by uh, Recovered Black Death is new. Yeah, and not only that, like as with the best zombie stories, I don't think this one realistically sounds like it's about the 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 virus or the condition. It's about the characters uh, getting by in the world, and it's it's their story and trying to deal with what's going on and and adapting to it. So it's more of a character thing than a zombie apocalypse thing. All right. Next up, we have Inspection by Josh Mallerman. This will be coming out April twenty third from Del Rey Books. Boys are being trained at one school for geniuses, girls at another. Neither knows the other exists, until now. The innovative author of Bird Box invites you into a world of secrets and horror in this tantalizing thriller. Jay is a student at a school deep in the forest, far away from the rest of the world. Jay is one of only 26 students, all of whom think of the school's enigmatic founder as their father. Jay's fellow peers are the only family he has ever had. The students are being trained to be prodigies of art, science, and athletics. And their life at the school is all they know, and all they are allowed to know. But Jay is beginning to suspect that there is something out there, beyond the pines, that the founder does not want him to see. And he's beginning to ask questions. What is the real purpose of this place? Why can the students never leave? And what else is their father hiding from them? Meanwhile, on the other side of the forest, in a school very much like Jay's, a girl named Kay is asking the same questions. Jay has never seen a girl, and Kay has never seen a boy. As Kay and Jay work to investigate the secrets of their two strange schools, they come to discover something even more mysterious. Each other. Really interesting. Ooh, can I take a guess? Go ahead. Jay is one of 26 students. (sighs) My big guess is that they're all letters of the alphabet. <laughs> so it's men in black Mallerman style. Yeah. Um I'm getting a lot of uh library at Mount Char vibes from this. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, with like the the mysterious father figure that's like teaching and training his like quote unquote children. Um there is that added element of like the two different schools. Could be interesting. Next up we have another indie author. Uh, it's William Meikle, the old mither, crone-like hag with razor-sharp bones for fingers, is killing off the proponents of a new abattoir in a deer farming community. And Dave Duncan seems to be next on the list. Can he figure out how to stop her, or will he have to pay for the sins of his father? Uh, very short, to the point synopsis, um, William Meikle is an Irish, I think, Irish or Scottish, um, born author who now lives in Newfoundland, Canada not very far from me um he does a lot of like creature horror uh lovecraftian horror and yeah i've read a couple of his books they're quite enjoyable this one sounds like uh an interesting again probably like a celtic type thing where it's a crone like hag with the uh called the old mither so it sounds kind of celtic in a way um he tends to have like a a different slant like on creature horror and they're usually pretty well done but not not in a typical way like he doesn't do the normal uh, creature you would see in every not not the werewolf not the the wendigo the vampire like he has very interesting creatures when he does dive into this particular genre so i am looking forward to that that comes out on the 20th of february all right 
Got a few indies in here. The next book I wanted to talk about is The Dark Game. This is by Jonathan Chance from Flame Tree Press. This will be coming out April 11th. Ten writers are selected for a summer-long writing retreat with the most celebrated and reclusive author in the world. Their host is the legendary Roderick Wells. Handsome, enigmatic, and fiendishly talented, Wells promises to teach his pupils about writing, about magic, about the untapped potential that each of them possesses. Most of all, he plans to teach them about the darkness in their hearts. The writers think they are signing up for a chance at riches and literary prestige, but they are really entering the twisted imagination of a deranged genius, a lethal contest pitting them against one another in a struggle for their sanity and their lives. They have entered into Roderick Wells' most brilliant and horrible creation, The Dark Game. So this sounds like the writer hunger games guys do you know how here i am i am for like horror author hunger games like battle royale of battle royale writing edition like that is twisted imagination of a deranged genius that that sounds like jonathan jans you know i have not been led down by a jonathan jans book yet so i'm putting all my chips in on this one this is going to be good. Also, side note, Flame Tree Press is releasing a lot of Jonathan Jan's backlist titles this year. So if that's something you're interested in reading about, I would definitely look into that. There's a lot of good titles coming out from them, from him this year. And also, I saw on Twitter that Keelan Patrick Burke teased a new book called Ward, which is going to be the prequel to Books in the Freezer favorite, Sour Candy, which will be really exciting. And I think he is also has a short story collection called Behind Their Eyes that'll be coming out. So I would definitely also keep your eye on Keelan Patrick Burke and the stuff he has coming out this year. But I think that's it as far as books coming out in this mm-hmm. first and half. And just of to year. mention, this is by no means like a, a comprehensive list. Uh, there's there's most likely a lot of titles. Yeah. Um, just from my perspective, I know there's going to be a lot of <laughs> indie titles that I'm just not aware of at the moment that's coming out. <laughs> So my chilling obsession is that I basically got Shudder, and it's been great, guys. <laughs> um, it's been really fun, but one of the shows that I finally get to watch, like, I was really interested in it when it came out, but I don't have cable, so I was never able to, like, really watch it anywhere, was Channel Zero. That's, yes, Channel Zero is awesome. Yeah, because it's on sci-fi, yeah, and I don't <laughs> have cable, so I was like, oh, no, like, I'm never going to get to watch this. That's too bad. <laughs> So I'm almost done with season one, and that's the Candle Cove season. Uh, did you watch the Candle Cove season? I didn't get all the way through it. <laughs> I kind of um, all over the place when it comes to watching shows. But Candle Cove just as a creepypasta is something that I love so much. Yeah. Channel Zero does a great job with it. Does Channel do all their seasons just do like different creepypastas? I think so. Like I said, I'm still in the Candle Cove season, so I'm not sure exactly, but that's the impression I get. Okay. Anyway, season one is really good. Stars Paul Schneider, a.k.a. Mark Brandanowitz from Parks and Rec (laughs) in the main role. Um, Isn't the creepypasta kind of just like a a chat room exchange? Isn't that the way it's set up? Candle Cove? Yeah. Uh, Candle Cove is kind of this, um, it's pitched as like this like group hallucination more or less. So many people remember (laughs) being kids and watching this show called Candle Cove. But there's mm-hmm. no evidence anywhere that it actually existed ever. But yeah, it's like this this campy like pirate show, and there's this creature called the Skin Taker, and it and there's like this little puppet dude. And oh, the show is so creepy. It's really good. 
Also, Shutter is great. Um, I finally saw. <laughs> I feel like if I just do Shutter for all my chilling obsessions, it's gonna be like, hey, this movie's been out for like decades. Did you guys know it was good? Did you know that like Black Christmas, guys? Good movie. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> the seventies version. Yeah. It's good that you're catching up, Steph. Yeah, I'm watching uh like the last drive-in with Joe Bob. It's good. It's good stuff. Get Shutter. They're not a sponsor <laughs> yet. But Shutter, if you're listening, I mean. Hey, Shutter. <laughs> We love you. Anyway, what's your chilling obsession? I am like, don't listen to my like cough syrup ramblings. <laughs> Mine is a podcast called Unobscured. Uh, this is the one of the newest endeavors of Aaron Mankey, uh, which a lot of people may recognize from the Lore podcast. The best way to describe it is kind of like long, in-depth dives into topics that he would have covered on Lore, um, where they take a whole season and dive into a single topic. The first season of Unobscured uh, dives into the same and witch trials there's 12 episodes uh, available at this point, and they all like take different aspects of it and go into it so it's kind of like taking taking a single lore topic and stretching it into 12 episodes just focusing on the history and the context of that particular story so like i said with unobscure the first season uh, all 12 episodes are out now and that covers the entire salem witch trials in a way that aaron mankey does which i'm a huge fan of anyway from the lore podcast i'm gonna check that out that sounds really good well, all of his um, nonfiction books that he's done recently were on sale on Black Friday, like digitally. I bought all of them. <gasps> really? The, so, world of, the World of War books? Yeah. So I, they're all on my Kindle and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting to that. <laughs> books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod or on Instagram at Books in the Freezer. You can send us an email at Books in the Freezer at gmail.com. Show notes for this episode and all previous episodes will be at Books in the Freezer.com. We are on Patreon as Books in the Freezer, and we want to take a moment to give a special thank you to our patrons, Laura, Liz, Sarai, Roger, Emily, Denise, Jason, Whitney, Brad, Leanne, Elizabeth, Sean, Mitch, Alicia, Christopher, Mark, Raina, Tracy, Audrey, Julia, David, Agatha, Rachel, Kevin, Lisa, Mac, and PT. If you're looking for a free way to support the podcast, be sure to leave us a review on a podcast app like iTunes or Stitcher. It really helps people find us. I am Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N or on Instagram at That's What She Read. And that's That's with two A's or on YouTube at That's What She Read. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Insomni Reads. Um, that's I-N-S-O-M-N-I reads. And on YouTube, just search Indian Insomniac. Join us next time for Books in the Freezer. 